This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunner Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every morning at 6, I was on 6? <laughs> at 8am. Hope you're doing good and well, I'll tell you why it's 6 because we're trying to do the afternoon shows at 6. So mind, mind fart basically there. But good morning, hope you're doing good and well, ready to take in all the latest Arsenal transfer news. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Thank you for doing so. Good morning to Simon, to Trevor, to Tarbs, to Yassine, Rocky. Good morning, guys. Sean, Gunnar for 0411. We've got Martin, we've got King, Olu, King again. Just the two likes. Yeah, what's going on? You drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already, people. Thank you so much. For the continued support on the channel, GGTV for you, uh, Jose, Jay, we've got Noel, we've got Answer, Tony, and so many more of you as well. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm waffling now already, and we're only a minute into the show. Let's crack on with today's stories. First of all, yesterday we produced a tactical breakdown focusing specifically on uh, Gianluca Scamacca. If you haven't already gone and checked that out, please make sure that you do, because it's a very interesting watch, um, specifically looking at him as a profile, some of the misconceptions around him as a player that if you've not seen too much of him, you will definitely want to understand. So certainly worth a watch and certainly um, worthy of, of, I think, Arsenal's interest. We'll come on to a little bit more about him soon when we give you the latest transfer information on him but definitely worth a watch indeed. Our first story, following Balogun scored twice and was assisted by Emil Smith-Rowe for England's under-21s. He, of course, will return to Arsenal this summer. His future is not yet decided, although that said, with Nketiah signing that brand-new contract, I think that alone away from the club once again for a full season is probably on the cards as the most likely outcome um, this summer. And it makes sense. You, you know, you want to give him regular game time. He's probably not going to get that at Arsenal. So another loan does indeed make sense for a season. Uh, Bern Leno is of interest to Hertha Berlin. We previously told you about Benfica's interest in the player. That was difficult because they didn't have the money associated with the €10 million Euro asking price that Arsenal supposedly have wanted for Leno. 
but Hertha Berlin might be able to be more accommodating to that kind of fee. They're a club that have, you know, invested in the past quite heavily uh, in players like Mateus Cunha, Christian Piatek, uh, players like this, you know, they have some amount of fees that you'd think would be able to enable them to move for a player like Leno. And with that German connection, well, it's a link that makes sense. So perhaps that is where Bert Leno will end up next season. Uh, Lucas Torreira, however, certainly it seems won't be at Arsenal, but still might not be at Fiorentina. As we know, the deadline of his option at the end of his contract has now expired. It is not expected that Torreira will return to Fiorentina for that figure of 15 million euros across supposedly six seasons, which anyway is a cheap deal. So why they turn that down, I don't know. But latest reports suggest that they want to pay half that amount. Seven to eight million euros is what they want to pay. And if they don't see that offer accepted by Arsenal, the reports coming out of Italy is that they will try to secure Florian Grilich, who of course is a free transfer after leaving Hoffenheim with the club not intending to or not being able to renew Grilich's contract. So Torreira will not seemingly move to Fiorentina. However, there is interest from a number of other clubs, including Roma, Lazio. Uh, Juve have been mentioned, although I doubt that they would move for him. But uh, Lazio in particular seem to be the most obvious candidate to get Torreira. Why then we wouldn't do a swap deal with Milinkovic-Savic and some and a fair amount of money, in fairness? You know, the option's there, Arsenal. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that you could try to go and do that with Lazio. Um, moving forwards into the Arsenal players, continuing Bakayo Saka. Uh, despite the news yesterday that Manchester City supposedly have an interest in trying to sign Saka with just two years left on his Arsenal contract, uh, according to the guys at Manchester Evening News, uh, City have distanced themselves from the idea of trying to sign Bakayo Saka this summer. Their thoughts are not with Saka right now. That said, Liverpool are still interested. And there was even a report from Spain yesterday claiming that Real Madrid still have an interest in uh, Bakayo Saka and that these are clubs that will try to steal him away should he choose not to renew his contract with Arsenal. Arsenal, though, still very confident, it seems, in trying to get him to sign that new deal. It's one of their priority missions. This transfer window is to get Saka signed up to that new deal. But as I talked to you about yesterday, he has got the same agent as Nketiah, has got the same agent as Balogun. And that agent gets good deals for his players. Uh, so uh, you can imagine that it's going to be the same situation with Saka, a big fee and a big signing on clause. Now, moving to the transfer targets and the latest on Gianluca Scamacca, who, as I've mentioned, you can go and watch our tactical breakdown on him from yesterday. It is up there on the channel as the previous upload. Uh, his information is that Arsenal have supposedly not yet officially made this bid, but that a bid will be forthcoming, that there have been intermediary discussions between both Arsenal and his representatives. Whether or not this is a deal that can get done, I'm still unsure on. I wouldn't be putting any money on it, that's for sure. It's very 50-50, I'd say. But what I would think is that if we can put a bid in that Sassuolo are happy with, with Skamaka's history of not necessarily staying in Europe, in, in Italy, sorry, you know, he's played and came through at PSV and previously went on loan to the Netherlands with Zola as well. He has got that willingness, it seems, to play outside of Italy. So, as we discussed on the tactical breakdown, if Arsenal can agree a deal with Sassuolo, Skamaka 
might indeed be able to come through. Another club that has been now mentioned as a potential destination for him, though, is Borussia Dortmund. Despite the fact they've signed Karim Adeyemi from Rebel Salzburg to seemingly replace Haaland, you would look at Skamaka as a more like-for-like replacement over Haaland than what Adeyemi, who is a much more diminutive technical forward than the Italian is. So Arsenal will be competing not only with the likes of Inter Milan, supposedly, but also Borussia Dortmund as well. That said, the last time Dortmund signed an Italian striker, it didn't go all that well for uh, Chiro Immobile, if you remember. Um, Now, Gabriel Jesus, and the latest on him is that Real Madrid's reported interest is not as likely um, as what maybe people felt. And uh, there's kind of issues regarding passports, uh, and Gabriel Jesus, they've got issues with trying to sign up the likes of Eden Militao, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo up to new contracts. Um, and the Spanish passport of those players will not be ready before January 2023, which means that that is a bit of an obstacle for them to try and sign Gabriel Jesus. That said, there is a plenty of confidence continuing to flow that Arsenal will be the club that get hold of Jesus. Every outlet, every journalist has said that Gabriel Jesus Moving on his way to Arsenal, it seems. Um, it's just about Arsenal trying to agree that deal. Contacts have been made with Manchester City about trying to agree a fee. Supposedly that fee will be the 50 million euros, 42.9 million pounds. It's a lot of money, but it could pay off big time for Arsenal. So let's wait and see. And our headline story of the day, Yuri Tillemans has been speaking about his future. He said uh, that is not out of the question uh, regarding possibly leaving Leicester. I feel very good at Leicester. I was welcomed with open arms from day one. I give everything for the club until the last day. But of course, you have to listen to other opportunities. You have to look at your career. And sometimes you have to make choices. Maybe one will come my way. Now, there is no supposed interest at the moment or there's no one really pushing from a Champions League qualified side besides perhaps Spurs, but Spurs are not supposedly enough of an attractive club to make him lean more towards them over Arsenal. Arsenal are certainly leading the race. Arsenal are very much confident of trying to get a deal done for Tielemans. If I was to say who would be our first signing of the summer, I expect it would be Tielemans. As soon as he finishes his duties with the Belgian national side, I expect this deal to accelerate in terms of how Arsenal will try and get it done. But uh, Tillemans and Jesus look like the two main targets that will be brought into the club. But we'll continue to bring you the updates as they come. But uh, as I've mentioned, until the international break is over, uh, I I don't think we can expect too much regarding movement um, or official movement on these deals. So no matter what we want to complain and uh, and whinge and whine and moan about the fact that we haven't moved quickly enough until the international break is done. Arsenal are, you know, are going to be pausing the opportunity to sign these players. They will finish their international responsibilities and then Arsenal will be able to push much, much harder for these players. And that completes all of today's stories, which means we're going to move on to you guys in the chat box and to get your questions. So let's do that after this short break. Hmm. All right then. Let's uh, let's jump into the chat box. I can feel a TGT sneeze coming at the moment. It's uh, it's building. <laughs> I can feel it. Uh, it's going to come at some point. Uh, actually, it says James Benj reported that we were confident of signing Tillemans when he returns from the international break. There you go. See, unsurprisingly, so. 
let's go to Marcus said, damn, YouTube only just joined. Oh, well, catch up it is for the start. I, I understand the people's frustration. YouTube is a pain. It doesn't tell you when we go live. I don't know why the algorithms or just the, the notification system is rubbish. However, I would say that I give you the biggest amount of warning every day <laughs> by telling you we're going live at 8am. So there comes a point where you can't blame YouTube anymore. You know, 8am in the mornings, 6pm in the afternoon. That is when we try to aim to do our shows. That's the best I can give you. I will give you some warning that um, at the weekend, there probably won't be an 8 a.m. show on Saturday or Sunday. I'm working from 7 a.m. on Saturday, and then I'm in London overnight on Saturday night. So uh, I'm not sure there's going to be able to do an 8 a.m. show. Apologies. There will be shows um, on Saturday, probably from 3, and there will be a show on Sunday, uh, probably in the afternoon and evening, but there won't be the 8 a.m. this weekend specifically. And to be fair, I think I've earned a bit of a two-day break from them anyway. So uh, we know, uh, you know that now. But we'll be, we'll be live tomorrow. We'll be live on Friday at 8 a.m. So make sure you tune in. Uh, Alberto says, uh, would you rather keep the youth movement with uh, Skamaka up top and Martinelli at the wing or sign Gnabry and Jesus? It's a good question because, you know, Jesus and Gnabry, I feel, are two. Jesus has got the potential to be a world-class player. Gnabry, I feel, is already a world-class player. The profile of Skamaka is really attractive for that striker position with Jesus being able to play also in a wide position. I just don't think the opportunity to sign a player as good as Gnabry can't really be turned down. I would lean towards Jesus and um, and Gnabry as a pair. But if it ended up being Skamaka and Jesus, I still think that's a brilliant option for Arsenal to get uh, either of those players. So I think I'd go with either any of those three or a pairing of any of those three. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> Lewis says, regarding Saka's agents, uh, Eddie Nketiah and Fuller and Balogun looked gone, but then got them to stay, despite having great offers elsewhere. Saka will have bigger clubs than us waiting, uh, wanting him, unlike Brighton and Leipzig, uh, of course, with the, um, the Balogun deal in particular. It will be tricky. It will. But Arsenal have got that connection with Saka. Saka coming through the Youth Academy. There's that Arsenal blood that runs through him. That will hopefully be the difference, as it was for Nketiah. And for Balogun, it seems, as well. Um, <clears throat> Arsenal11LJ says, Hi, Tom, do you think we will see more Patino in the coming season? Yes, I do. Uh, Eamon says, Question, will Jesus now go on holidays or will he concentrate on his transfer? He will go on his break. I'm sure they'll go on his holiday, but you will see more movement than with his responsibilities with the Brazilian national side. He did say that from yesterday, he was going to be focusing a lot on his potential move. So we are expecting movement in the next, within June. June is hopefully when we will get the Tielemans and Jesus deals kind of as close to done as we can. It may bleed into July, but hopefully we can get it done as soon as possible. Uh, Gouda Jake says, Tom, do you reckon that Eddie is delaying to see what Arsenal do in the transfer window? No, kind of the weird, the understanding around this is because Arsenal's team at the moment who sorts all of this is also on holiday. You know, there's a period of time in the window where at the end of the season, before the window starts, that even the Arsenal kind of people are, are on holiday. This is that period. So there's an expectation that Eddie and Ketty's contract will hopefully be announced towards the end of June. That's probably what will happen, if not even sooner. Maybe it'll be announced today. It'll just make me look even sillier. But uh, it's, it, there's been no issues reported in the idea of getting him to renew that contract at the moment. It's been a very attractive offer that they put out, and they're hopeful that he will indeed sign it. Uh, Aribi says, Tom, uh, of all the left-backs we are linked to, who's your pick? Uh, Zinchenko. 
is the one I would go for uh, because I think you know his versatility to play in midfield as well would be really valuable to the team. Football Values TV uh, says, when would you like our transfer business completed? Uh, I'd like it completed by the first game of preseason. Realistically, I think it needs to be done by the Emirates Cup, as you said. Uh, that for me is is the 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 maximum deadline on our business this summer. Um, do you think we'll get Tillemans, Luca? Yes, I'm very very confident um, that Tillemans will be an Arsenal player. Um, things can change. You know, I'd never say to you a hundred percent he's definitely going to be an Arsenal player because things change. But I am confident it's got all the makings of a deal you would expect to happen. So, yes. Uh, and Tin says, uh, people asking about Eddie, Arsenal's release a promo somewhere regarding our match with Nuremberg, and it had Eddie as one of the four players shown in the picture. Well, there you go. Leaks. Leaks, Nitin. Well spotted. Uh, Jal Vishnu, or Jai Vishnu, sorry, says, do you think the bids for Skamaka that were reported were just intermediaries talking about the potential price? Possibly. Um, the number of conflicting reports saying that no bid has yet been made, including that of CEO of Sassuolo, Giovanni Carnavelli, uh, kind of goes to show that that is probably the case. So, yeah, it's, I don't think there's any official bid been made yet, but I think there's definitely been some discussions over the possible price, which is probably where those fees are coming from. Uh, Captain A says, Grimaldo of Benfica is apparently being considered by Arteta. Have you heard anything about that? Nope. No, I don't. I haven't heard anything genuine about that at all. Uh, Owen says, with Arsenal's rebuild being compared to Liverpool, who do you think uh, foresees our Coutinho cash cow being? Good question. I've always kind of said it would be Martinelli, and I know that people won't like that, but I just kind of see Martinelli as a player that might look to take that next step in his career if Arsenal can't give it to him. If Arsenal miss out on Champions League this season or the next season, he could get an offer from Liverpool or from Barcelona, or from Real Madrid, who like a Brazilian player. You know, you never know. So Martinelli would probably be the one I look to on that field. The other one is Gabriel Magalhaes as well. And maybe they become that next player. Uh, Aaron says, I think if we can get Zinchenko, Jesus and Tillemans by mid-July, I'd kind of be happily play the waiting game for Skamaka and Gnabry. I, again, I do want to just outline that the idea of Gnabry coming to Arsenal is great. The reality, the likelihood of Gnabry coming to Arsenal is so small. Like there is just, I just don't see it happening. I just, I, I've got no confidence in Gnabry being an Arsenal player in the future. So please don't get your hopes up and be disappointed if Gnabry doesn't because it just is not a deal that I think is likely. The opportunity for Arsenal is big. You know, I really thought that Arsenal, had they have had the... I don't want to use the word ambition because obviously they've got their, their plans and there might be more things going on around this deal that we don't know about. But the opportunity maybe to sign Gnabry this summer is there. I just don't think we're going to do it. I just don't think Arsenal maybe even can do it with the without Champions League football. Uh Lucas says, what are your thoughts? What are your what your thoughts do you think Saka will stay with us? Because if we want to be ambitious, Tom, as we as a club, we cannot surely let Saka go into his final year. We're gonna be doing everything we can to sign him up to a new contract. We'll be doing everything within our power to sign him up to a new deal. We're not gonna it's not going to be about letting him go into his final deal. As we've seen in other contract situations, it's like Alexis Sanchez Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Uh, players sometimes do just go into their final year because you're unable to agree a deal, because you're unable to match or you can't match what they're asking. If you can't qualify for the Champions League and that is a non-negotiable in their contract negotiations, then 
it's very, very difficult um, to agree them. But yeah, we have to sign them up and the club is trying to. The club is absolutely trying to. Henry says, if we sign both Skamaka and Jesus, who would you prefer playing centrally at Skamaka? Um, I'd start both of them. Are you think you could play Jesus on the left, Saka on the right, rotate with Martinelli, Smith-Rowe? You know, there's lots of opportunities in the competitions. We've got to get all of them minutes. But I'd like to see Skamaka given a chance at nine if we were to sign him. I think his profile is very, very different to what we've already got. Uh, Lynn, thank you for joining us in the chat box. Tom, do you think that these quality players, there is about five apart from Jesus, would it be cheaper long-term to bring them in now and then we'd only have to buy the odd one on top of that? At the end of the day, Lynn, I always use this phrase and I know it's not the best, but it's not my money and I'd rather see us go for our primary targets regardless of kind of their price as long as it's not astronomically silly like the Aussie men price that's silly, the Nunez price, which is silly. You know, I'd rather see us go for our, for quality. If the, the only time price is ever brought up really after you make a signing is if the player doesn't do the business like Pepe. You know, that's the only time it really gets brought up after we, we've done the deal. So as long as they succeed, it won't matter. If Aubameyang, after signing his new contract, went on and scored 30 goals in the Premier League season, no one would bat an eyelid at the idea of him earning 300 plus thousand pounds per week. But because he didn't, obviously it was a problem. So we've brought this up before, you know, money doesn't matter when it's when success is being had. It doesn't get talked about. And so that's what will happen, hopefully, with these players, is that Jesus, Gamaka, Tielemans, Zinchenko, Hickey, whoever comes in, no matter what they cost, if they succeed, we'll forget about the price. We will completely forget about the price if they succeed. Uh, Lewis says, are you excited? I am. Unlike uh, the vanity signings of Pepe, current links sound like strategic squad building. Jesus, Tielemans, re-signing Saka. Sounds better than Gnabry, who plays the best on the right. Uh, Gnabry can play very well across the front three, mainly right and left, of course. But yeah, I said before, you know, this was a window I was excited to see what we would do. I like the idea of Jesus and Tillemans. I think they're progressive signings that see us go for more Premier League proven talent. That's something that we'd not done prior to Ramsdale and White for such a long time. You know, I wanted to see these types of moves. So yeah, I am excited with the players that we're being linked with. Uh, Trium says, why have the hickey links gone cold? Perhaps because the Italian side of things was not as real as maybe we thought. I'm sure Arsenal have an interest. You know, Chris Wheatley, former colleague at Football London, reported that that interest is very much real. But that, you know, Arsenal's interest in Zinchenko now might be bigger. And that perhaps is the one of the big reasons as to why maybe the Hickey links are not as bright and strong as we have seen them in the past. Uh, Amira says, hi, Tom, just out of curiosity, if you were Arteta slash Edu, how would you convince a player to come and slash renew their deals? Uh, what would be your selling points now? Or are you like Arteta and only wanting players who want us? To be fair, that, that interview from Arteta that he did in, what, 2020, has been taken very literally. Of course, that is something that Arteta wants in a player is someone to join Arsenal. But, you know, the best players in the world you're going to need to convince, especially in the situation that Arsenal are. What would I do to convince them? You need to highlight the project that's been on. You need to highlight the improvements that have been made, the progression of specific players, the fact that Arsenal are on the rise. You know, I don't think anyone expected with this young team to have been in a race of fourth. You know, people were predicting seventh, eighth place last year um, and then complained when we finished fifth. But anyway, uh, <laughs> when it comes down to like what you do to convince these players, finance is always going to be key. You know, the wage that you offer players needs to be attractive and Premier League wages certainly are. The opportunity to get regular minutes is there. The opportunity given to young players is obviously there. 
And, you know, the, the fact that players have improved during these last two years and that we've seen the best from so many players in this team hasn't quite been enough. And injuries certainly led to that. But I think there's so much about Arsenal's project right now that is attractive, certainly more so than Manchester United, for example. So, yeah, like, there's lots to be attractive and to make you want to join Arsenal. Uh, says, any update on Pepe and who will replace him? Replacements, obviously, the main one is you looked at is, is Jesus, Gagpo, etc. Um, but any update on him leaving? Not yet. Nothing really at all. You know, we've not had any updates regarding any possible players or clubs uh, being interested in Nicolas Pepe. That's not happened so far. Uh, the expectation is that he will move. He changed his agent to try and get in that move. Where that will be, we just don't know. Uh, we just don't know. Uh, Constantine says, are you going to make a tactical breakdown for Gnabry if the links get any bigger than yes? But right now, as I've said, I don't think Gnabry is going to be joining. So, And I don't think the links are strong enough. So we'll wait and see. Um, but if it does turn out that those links increase in intensity, then we can take it more seriously. But right now, it's just not a link that I think is serious at the moment. Uh, Frederick says, would you rather have Rafinha over Gnabry? No, I'd rather have Gnabry. Uh, Dog says, what is the likelihood of us getting a tall striker? I'd say quite good because, you know, we've been linked with a lot of them. Calvert-Lewin, Skamaka, Darwin Nunez, Tammy Abraham. Um, Victor Ozyman is, 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 you know, whilst not the same kind of profile, is still a very tall physical forward. So Arteta clearly likes this profile of striker. He clearly wants this type, kind of profile of striker. So I think the... The likelihood is is there because I think we've been linked and we've pursued so many of these types. So I think there's a possibility that that happens, but obviously that Jesus is the primary signing that we want to try and get done. Um, Dog says, is YouTube influencers talking about Saka's links with City and Liverpool going to increase the interest in Saka around Europe? No. Honestly, no. Um, look, whilst creators, YouTube accounts can talk about players. Whatever goes on behind the scenes in reality is very different. Links, sure. You might see some newspapers uh, or some media outlets watch a video, take a quote and turn it into a link. Sure. But in reality, you know, they very much know who their targets are. They know the players that they are interested in. They've scouted them for a long period of time. They've got the analysis. They've got the scouts. They've got everything. It is not going to increase Liverpool and City's interest. They will have an interest in a player. They will be very, 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 very aware of a player. Nothing that is said by anyone on YouTube is going to affect how either Arsenal or Spurs or anyone are interested in a player. It's just not going to happen. You know, they will have their own agenda and rhetoric. I can try and speak Dominic Zoboslai's move to Arsenal into existence. If Arsenal sign Dominic Zoboslai, which isn't going to happen, it won't be anything to do with me. <laughs> it will be nothing to do with anyone else that has said anything about the player. It was purely, purely to do with what the clubs want to do. YouTube is there for discussion. YouTube is there sometimes to mention things that get heard down the grapevine. That is is what happens. I just have to speak honestly. You know that is that's the reality of of transfers is that they are decided. They go on behind the scenes. Sometimes information gets rightly or wrongly leaked, and that's how it gets out. Um, but yeah, not really. Stephen says, Tom, why has it gone quiet on shit? Because he signed a new contract. But thanks for 
stabbing me with that pain of shit. <laughs> Thanks for that, Stephen. Um, if you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please do. There's over a thousand of you watching. Thank you so much for the continued support. We're going to take a few more of your questions before we wrap up. Uh, let's go to Abdelal, uh, Abdelai, sorry, who says, uh, hi, Tom, if Arteta misses out on top four next season, would you support or back him? Uh, he needs to qualify for the Champions League. Uh, that's the minimum expectation. Have to qualify for the Champions League next season. Have to, have to, have to, have to. Because that's the only way we can go up from fifth. That's the only way forwards other than, say, fifth in an FA Cup. But even that, I think we need to be pushing that Champions League qualification. And, you know, the idea of still supporting or backing him, it's a weird question. No matter what happens, I will support and back whoever is the manager, whoever pulls on the red and white of Arsenal, I will support and back them. I may be critical. My opinion may be that I think a change of coach is the better option for Arsenal. But I will never sit here and say, I'm not backing them. I'm not supporting them. Because that's the job of a fan. I want them to win the next game. If I think that a change of coach like I did after Villarreal was the right choice, sure. But I still wanted Arteta to win the next game. I still wanted him to turn things around. You know, that is the most important thing always is that you want Arsenal to win the next game and no matter what your view of the coach is or the manager is or the owner or the players that you want Arsenal to succeed is the minimum absolute minimum expectation for you as a fan so yeah I will always support and back them I just may be critical and may believe or have an opinion that a change of coach is for the better for the betterment of the club and uh, that will happen if we don't qualify from the Champions League. And I feel that it does fall on the coaching staff and the decisions that have been made as to the reasons as to why we didn't do that. Last season, I don't think that. Whilst I think there was a contribution from January and the mistakes made there, it is my view that the primary reason why we missed out on top four and we missed out on three extra points is to the injuries to those key players like Tommy Asutini and Partey. Without that, we would have made top four. And we weren't linked with wingbacks or fullbacks in January and no one was calling for those positions to be covered in January. So, yeah, it's not like the striker scenario comes back to bite us there. It could have done. It probably should have done. But, uh, yeah, that's hopefully explained an answer to the question. I know I feel like I've answered these types of questions several times, but I always feel like for those that are new to the channel, it's worth me explaining it. Uh, Dynamics says, hey, Tom, your top five signings we need to make, as in specific players you want to see at Arsenal, who we can get realistically. Jesus, Tillemans, Zinchenko, um, Gakpo, and ooh, do I go for a centre-back? Do I go for a centre-midfielder again? Zinchenko kind of covers that. So I'll say Hickey just to give you a little bit more, um, uh, you know, cover at right back as well as left back so yeah there's your five i hope that i hope that helps you uh let's go to where's this question from freddie says don't you get bored talking about the same things every single day and repeating the same questions and answers in different guises um freddie honestly no i love the transfer window uh i love the chaoticness of it i love the small updates i love keeping you guys updated i love discussing transfers if I got bored, if I don't like enjoying doing something, I quit. If I, if you don't enjoy something, quit it. I used to be a teacher. I didn't like it. I liked teaching, being a teacher and the politics of teaching and everything that's around it, you know, the expectations of it, it's just un, it's just not it's not realistic. So anyone who's watching this as a teacher will know exactly what I'm talking about. Love being in the classroom and teaching, everything around it, na na na. 
it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. You're treated like an absolute pawn in a machine, basically. So go out of that, go do something you want to enjoy. And I was determined to do something with Arsenal and that's become my life. So no, I don't get bored about it because I love Arsenal. I love talking about transfers, love talking about stuff. Answering the same questions, as I've said a second ago, there will be new people that tune into the show every single day. We see that because the sub count goes up every day. And I'm so grateful for the support that we get on the channel. So when those new people join, they've not heard my answers from previous questions that you may have heard before. I can try and answer them to the best of my ability and ultimately my opinion will change so that an answer to a question asked to me a week ago, a month ago, a year ago will probably be slightly or majorly different a week, month, year later. So no, Freddie, I don't get bored um, at all because I enjoy it. And I wouldn't do this if I didn't enjoy it. So there you go. Uh, Jashar says, uh, Tom, uh, do you think Edu will be using the same blue suit uh, that he appeared in every Arsenal transfer presentation last summer? Is that true? I, I, hold on. I, I mean, I'm going to go through my access to Getty Images now and have a look <laughs> if Edu did indeed wear the same suit as he always did. Okay, well, he's got a black suit in Mikel Arteta's re-signing. Uh, blue suit when it came down to Ben White, blue suit when it came to Tavares, blue suit for Emil Smith-Rowe's renewal, blue suit for uh, Aaron Ramsdale. To be fair, you've got a point. That said, there is a difference in the suit colour for Ben White and Odegaard. So there, he's got he's got like three. Maybe he's got three suits. <laughs> I love that question, Jashar. Thanks, Clive. Much appreciated, fella. Uh, Stephen says, thanks, SJ Chan. It's messages like yours that picked me up. What's SJ Chan's comment? I need to have a look. Stephen Foots, hope you're okay. See, I love the community vibe we've got going on the chat box. It's great. Um, <laughs> Timmy says, this is a good channel. If Lord Clive is watching, so will I, Lord Clive. That's brilliant. Uh, if you haven't obviously checked out the Arsenal Vision podcast, go and do it. One of the recent ones, the mailbag one answering questions about transfers and Saliba uh, was excellent. Clive, great work. And definitely people should go and check it out if they haven't done so already. Uh, Daniel says, what are your thoughts on Arsenal becoming a retirement home for X-Man City players after we homed ex-Chelsea players? Daniel, it's a great question because it's important to differentiate between the two. It's important you bring up the Chelsea link as well. When we signed the Chelsea players, it was William, it was Czech. Um, was there anyone else? I'm sure there was someone else as well. Uh, Willian and Czech, let's just take those two, for example. David Luiz, players that had passed their prime, players that were surplus to requirements, players that weren't really playing week in, week out for their clubs and that were going to regress from the point that we signed them. They weren't going to improve. They weren't going to get better. Jesus and Zinchenko are players that are 25, that are going upwards, that have been playing regularly for City, They've been giving City plenty. Jesus in particular has scored against the biggest teams, Real Madrid, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, you know, scoring against Chelsea, the biggest teams. This guy has performed on the biggest stage. It is not a retirement home to go and get a 25-year-old that is approaching their prime years. If we were going out and signing, you know, their older players, you, you know, Carl Walker, for instance, or it's, even then, you know, Carl Walker's not a bad signing. It's just with those signings from Chelsea just weren't good enough. They didn't progress us. They didn't take us forwards. They didn't give us anything that we hadn't already got or progressed the positions that they came in. Jesus progresses us. Zinchenko, I think, progresses us. Both of those players do those things that the Chelsea players never did. So if you ever get or see someone saying, oh, Arsenal's just a retirement home for those City players, you can go and copy and paste that argument because it's a load of rubbish. Absolute load of rubbish. To steal Clive's words, 
They both fit like a glove, um, is what they do. Uh, Abdullah says, uh, and thank you for the donation. That's really kind of you. But Tom, you cannot make the impossible possible. We're never going to challenge for the league with this ownership in charge, in my opinion. It depends what we do, Abdullah. If we continue on an upward trajectory, if we continue to invest at the rate that we've invested at recently, and if we start making positive decisions, then you never know. But I would agree with you that the evidence so far is not enough to tell me that I think we can challenge for a title under this ownership. But based upon the fact that we spent more than any other club last summer, that we've gone from, you know, sliding from Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery downwards to it being arrested by Mikel Arteta to turn that around, that trajectory around, to move us in an upward position and placement in the league. And if next season that continues and, you know, we get top four or win the Europa League and we make some really top quality signings, then we are going to go in that direction. And that will give you the evidence that will maybe perhaps encourage you to think, okay, we are moving in the right direction. We are progressing. And as long as we're progressing, we're getting closer to that end goal, which is to challenge again for those top honours. Progression is all I ask for on Arsenal right now, is to continue improving and getting better and improving the league position, improving the, the number of trophies that we're winning. If that stops, then you need to be critical. Then you need to ask questions. But as long as you're progressing, you know, I'm happy. Uh, Adil says, do you think a player's prime age now has been shifted to 2930? Uh, I think actually, if anything, it's gone the other way. Um, there was an, there was an interesting study done by the athletic that talked about each position on the field and when actually the prime ages are, they worked basically what they did was they worked it out based upon the prime number of appearances that players make during certain age brackets in each position. Fullbacks, you know, you were looking at prime ages between 23 to 25. You know, these prime years actually is going backwards rather than later. What I would say is that players are able to play at the higher level for longer in their careers because of strength, conditioning, nutrition, diet, training, coaching has improved all throughout the last decade and beyond. And that's why you're seeing players go into their mid-30s, even late-30s. You look at Zlatan, you look at Olivier Giroud, now 35, and yet still winning titles with Serie A. You look at Karim Benzema, Lewandowski. You know, the top players in their game are going later. Ronaldo, obviously, even Messi to a lesser extent, although I think, you know, his profile means he'll trail off quicker than players like Ronaldo, Lewandowski and Benzema. Um, so it's that strength and conditioning that allows players to extend their careers, but actually the prime years of a player's career are probably at 25. You know, that is probably the prime year. If anything, I think people thought about the prime years being 27, 28. In reality, the prime years of someone's career is earlier. Also, the fact that a lot of young players are getting more opportunities earlier in their careers. You think when players are getting their debuts. It used to be that, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, you know, it was not rare, but it wasn't as common as you see now to see those big talents being given the opportunities earlier on at the top, top level, uh, especially in Europe, you know, the European leagues. England's always been, had always been a bit behind that, but especially in Europe, you know, and at the big teams, young talent got more opportunity because teams like Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG um, can afford to play more kids, Borussia Dortmund, because the op opposition is not as fierce as it is, say, in the Premier League, and you've got more pressure to play your best team every week. So I hope that makes sense, but I actually think the prime year is is less than maybe people perceive it to be. But just the fact that people's career or players' careers can be extended into their 30s makes it a little bit of a there's a little bit of a wall being pulled over the eyes I suppose um I've gone on way longer than I thought I was going to but there's just so many good questions um 
Daniel says, it just makes a mockery out of this club, Tom. We're supposed to be the third biggest club in the country. We're being treated like we're a smaller club than Chelsea and City. It's a joke. What? I understand completely what you mean, Daniel. I'm not going to sit here and say that the frustration around where Arsenal are as a club behind City and Chelsea, considering our history and where we are, we should be challenging for titles. We should be. You're absolutely right. Arsenal Football Club should be challenging for titles. But the reality of the situation, Dan, is that over the last 10 years, Arsenal have made bad mistake after bad mistake after bad mistake after transfer error, after appointment error. You know, Unai Emery was the wrong appointment. Arguably, Arteta, when we appointed him, was such a risk. And maybe we paid for that at the start. We Certainly, I think we did pay for that at the start. And maybe only now we're seeing the rewards of a risk that is still, for many people, going to be difficult to see succeed. But, you know, since 2007... Um, as I mentioned, and I use this theory all the time, so sorry for those that are bored of it, but we've spent over a billion pounds on players. You know, a billion quid's been spent on players. And, you know, up until Arteta's appointment, I can name on my fingers the number of players I think genuinely progresses from that 800 odd million quid that was spent. Yet in the players that we've spent in the last two years, you know, I can really see some potential. I can really see things changing. But the expectation that we would finish thirds now or finish above City and Chelsea now, it's just unrealistic. It's just unrealistic. It takes time to, to arrest the wrongs of that many years of failure. It takes so much time to arrest those wrongs. So turning that around is going to take some time. And I know people have been patient for a long, 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 long time. Um, and I have sympathy. I really do. And I get and I understand the frustration. It's just for me, I, I am more willing to be a bit more patient and I'm more willing to identify and, and see the positives that have expected to turn this club around. But if we stop progressing, if we stop moving on that right path, I will be critical. I will be, you know, my opinion will change as yours should. What's the point of having a mind if you can't change it? There's no point in having a mind if you can't change it. And, you know, you've got to see change. You've got to see progression to continue to not back and support it, but certainly uh, not criticise or not think that a change is the right decision. If you stop seeing progression, then of course, change is definitely a legitimate argument. So there you go. Um, Amira says, Per Metazaka has said in a few podcasts that we're in the second year of the project. Do you, do you think fans would be more forgiving if someone admitted that most things done before that was a mistake? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would love if the club came out and admitted mistakes of the past. It would make my job so much easier because <laughs> you know fighting this battle of trying to highlight that we've clearly made so many mistakes in the past and that it takes time to change those is a very very lonely place to be at times so yeah absolutely absolutely uh lynn says our owners will never put the funds on the table so that we have a complete squad and the manager will get sacked and that is what will happen time and time again you know, this idea, I got it before 2018, before they were majority shareholders. But when they became majority shareholders, they bought the club. The club is theirs. We may hate that, and I certainly did. But the, the club is theirs, which means the club's money is theirs. So whenever they spend, they spend their money. So last summer, when we spent 150 approximate million pounds, and we spent more than anyone else, that was the Cronkies spending more than anyone else. We may not like that, but that's the facts. That is what happened. And if Arsenal continue to do that, and if we continue to spend more than anyone else, that will be the Arsenal ownership spending more than anyone else. 
So this idea that they're not going to put the money down, they're not going to invest. If we continue to spend at the level that we spent last season and in comparison with the other teams, that opinion, it, it doesn't fall in line with reality anymore. It just doesn't because the club is theirs and the club's money is theirs. And then if, if we spend that money, it's the Cronkies money that's being spent. It's like, how can I best describe it? Um, if you buy a business, so let's say, uh, let's just say a restaurant, you buy a restaurant, right? You've uh, had to pay for it. It's in loads of debt. You pay off the debt. You buy the restaurant. If you buy the ingredients, buy the infrastructure, improve the, the mechanics of it, if you, you know, pay the staff, you know, that's your investment. If whenever money is spent by that restaurant to pay for new equipment, for food, for staff, that's your money that's being spent because you've bought that business. It's the same as the club. As soon as they've bought the club outright, any money that the club spends is their money. No one can say anymore that Arsenal don't spend. My goodness, do we spend. We spend big time. We spend big, big time. It's just the mistakes that we've made with that money has been so awfully mishandled by those in charge in the past that we're going to have to spend even bigger now to arrest those errors. That's that's where we're at. Um, let's go to uh, Mr. SNLO says, it's hilarious how some fans think that you are not a real fan if you can change your... Yeah, the word flip-flop is one of the worst inventions on football Twitter. Uh, Andrea says, do you think Fabian Ruiz is a realistic target? He's realistic because he's affordable. Absolutely. Uh, Marcus says, do you think... the I'm blitzing through questions now because I want to answer as many as I can. Marcus says, do you think the average age of our squad versus very average age of Spurs' squad at this rate will mean they could be parents of our players? Uh, keep up the great work. Look, Spurs have older players. They're going to invest in older players because they've got Conte. It's what he does. Um, I hope he comes back to bite them at the end of the day. Uh, Vishal says, uh, I'm supporting Arsenal from an age where I used to think Arsenal is named after Arsene Wenger and he's the owner of the club. You know, a lot of people have that misre misrepresentation because when you're a kid, that's what you see. You make those associations. No Sleep says, if the male brain isn't fully developed until 25 and 30 was thought of as the age of when you physically start to decline, you have the best combination of physical and experience at 29. I get your theory, but it doesn't necessarily work. Um, it doesn't work in regards to the evidence that's on the table uh, for the amount of appearances that are played by players during the years of the ages of mid-20s. Uh, Ronald says, Stan won the Super Bowl, might win Stanley Cup. Will this help Arsenal? I doubt it. You know, he's got very much his own exploits with those teams Arsenal aren't seen in the same way as those teams. So only the evidence of what we do in the next few years will show that. Fuad says, did you have a look at the Swiss Ramble thread yesterday? No, I haven't actually got round to it. I need to. Spurs finance their stadium much, much better than what we did. And it won't cripple them like it did us for so many years. So ridiculous that it is different times, of course, but it's, it's impossible to say that they haven't done a great job with what they've done there. Um, <laughs> let's go to who else are we going to? Tom, uh, it's great to hear from you, Tom. Uh, is supporting the Arsenal ever going to be easy? No, uh, seriously, though, is this summer sh uh, shaping up to be more important than we think? I don't think so. I think we've known how important this summer is, Tom, and that's very, very, very important. So we know, um, we know how important it is, and we know that we need to make sure, um, that we do it right and we get it done quick. Uh, Freddie, am I buying the new? Of course. Have you seen what color it is? <laughs> of course, I'm buying the new away kit. It's glorious. Uh, John says, "Isn't this Josh's team? And isn't that a better thing?" I think it is. Yeah, I think it is better that Josh is the man that seems to be in charge of Arsenal more than Stan. Um, 
sure it's just words right now, but I do think that Josh cares way more than his dad does. And if Josh is, if this is Josh's plaything, which is a horrible thing to call it, but that's basically what it is, you know, it's in better hands, I think, than where it stands. And, uh, you know, I think Josh has, Josh has got some good history with the clubs that he's been in charge of to the minimal knowledge that I have. But I've heard some previous good things about the chart that, that what's happened, you know, in charge of those players uh, and those teams. So let's wait and see. Uh, Martin, let's finish with your comment. Do you think, do you enjoy the closed season with no Arsenal to bugger up our weekends? Uh, in some ways, I enjoyed the break, but the transfer chaos means that you got to stay on it full time. So uh, it's uh, conflicting. Uh, so there you go. Actually, let's let's finish with Lynn. Let's let Lynn rep- respond to what I said. I understand that, Tom. However, to progress your business, you still have to invest. In most cases, it's heavily the Cronkies will only invest on limited scale. That would not happen if he owns something like Tesco's. Lynn, let's just see what happens. Because as I said before, he invested, they invested 150 million in the squad last summer. So... If we do that again and we spend more, we are investing. They're investing because, as I said before, it's their money. The club's money is their money. So if we invest it, we're investing. Um, So let's see what happens next season or this summer. Uh, And if we comparatively spend as much. If we don't, then we can have a conversation and question it once again. But there is a lot of misconceptions about this ownership. That's for sure. Um, I will finish the show there. I'll see you tomorrow morning. I will probably be doing a show. In fact, I'll definitely be doing a show this afternoon. I'm probably going to do one of our other tier lists. We might do our tier list video on the midfield today. So uh, let me know in the comment section which midfielders, central midfielders, should be on our list for the uh, midfielder tier list uh, at 6 6 p.m. Aim for 6 p.m. this afternoon. Um, Do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.